Grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Today I'm finishing up my preaching series on Advent. We've been talking about the purpose of Advent. You might remember the first week we talked about Advent was a time of preparation and we needed to wait on God's timing. The second week we talked about reconciliation between God and between one another. And then last week we talked about how we need to remember that Jesus came as our Redeemer and Savior. And today I want to share with you, it's a time to celebrate. Yeah. You know, the birth of Jesus Christ is the most important event in the history of the world. It split history into B.C. and A.D. Every time you write a check, every time you celebrate a birthday, every time you fill out an application, every time you go to the doctors and tell them how old you are, any time you use a date, you're using the birth of Jesus to measure time. Even non-Christians do that. You see, Christmas was God's idea. God planned it. He planned when it would happen, how it would happen, where it would happen, and why it would happen. The night Jesus was born, God sent an angel to those shepherds. And we've been looking at this over and over throughout Advent. And it says they were afraid. And the angel and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. No wonder they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I bring you the gospel message. And this birth of Jesus, this good news, is going to bring great joy for all the people. This birth causes great joy, and it's a time to celebrate. Sometimes I have couples coming in for counseling, especially before they get married. And one of the things I like to share with them is the concept of birth order, where you are born in your family, sometimes determines a little bit about your personality. It's not always accurate, but sometimes it fits. Uh, you know, firstborn children are usually the ones that are very driven. They're presidents and lawyers and engineers. Uh, the middle-born child, uh, they're, they're the ones who are the negotiators. They're right in the middle. Uh, they're often the salesmen. Uh, Last-born? We have any last-borns? Ah, yeah. Last-borns are a party waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, the reason I'm sharing that with you is because my mom and dad had two children, and 14 years later, they had me. After seven years, you start your family over again. So I was a firstborn, but because my parents were much older, I was also last born. So I have the traits of a firstborn and a last born child, which means I'm driven to go to a party. <laughs> I'm driven to celebrate. Woohoo! 
So all the firstborn, uh, lastborn children see me after church today, okay? Yeah, yeah. But I'm also sharing that with you because I believe it's not just a party. I think Christmas needs to be a true celebration. And in order to have a true Christmas celebration, there has to be a basis for that celebration. You know, there's lots of people in our world who have Christmas parties, but it's not based on Christ at all. To really celebrate, we need that proper foundation. And today I'd like to share with you four reasons to really get into this season of Christmas and celebrate in the right way. The first thing is Jesus' birth changes the world. It changes everything around us. This week, my wife and I were privileged to go to a concert of the Messiah. And as we were sitting there, we got there kind of early was very interesting. One of the violinists came out, and he was practicing, and it was probably a part that maybe he had a little bit of problem with, and it was just, it was really very peaceful to sit here and see this one violinist playing. And then another violinist, and a bass, and, a, and each one of them were playing their part that they had trouble with, but they weren't all the same. And there was kind of a, a discord, and I sat there and thought, oh, this doesn't sound very good at all. And then the first violinist came out, and he struck a chord, and everybody tuned their instruments to that one note. And then the conductor came out, and everybody was playing together and making the most beautiful music you could imagine. You know, our world is like that first part where everybody is kind of playing their own and everybody is out for their own interests and their own concerns. But Jesus' birth changes all of that. Jesus' birth is like that first violinist who has us all get the right tune together. And when we are all together to celebrate Jesus' birth, we play beautiful music together. People might not agree that Jesus is Lord and Savior, but the fact is that this birth changed world history. And to those who believe, it says we become children of God. You and I are God's children. And because of that, we can have a wonderful performance in our world. We can perform great miracles in the name of God. Secondly, to really celebrate Christmas we have to remember that God loves us. Or more importantly, I put it on the screen. God loves you. What God is saying to you at Christmas is, 
I love you. It's not just about the world. God does love the world. But it's very personal for God. God's love doesn't depend on what we do. His love is based on who He is. And He loves you. When I was a child... I was in a very progressive Lutheran church. On Sunday morning during Sunday school, they would put up a screen and we had slides. Yeah. And every single Sunday morning, before we started Sunday school, they had this slide with a big nut. And underneath it, it said, The Gospel in a Nutshell. And every week, we recited John 3.16. For God so loved the world, if you know it, say it with me, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And throughout my early childhood, that always stuck with me. How much God loves us that he was willing to send his son. You know, in Romans, we have this wonderful promise. St. Paul is going through a lot of suffering at this point. And he writes, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That's a good question. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Here Paul was, beaten, persecuted, jailed, shipwrecked. And then he says, we were like sheep. We faced death all day long. It was like we were sheep going to a slaughter. And yet, he goes on to say, who can separate us? Nothing, nobody. In all these things, he says, we are more than conquerors because God loves us. And then he says, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, not anything in the depths or the height, or anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's how important this birth of this baby Jesus is. The third reason to have a true Christmas celebration is because God is with us. God will never abandon you. You may not feel like He's near sometimes, but maybe that's because you're not tuned in. He doesn't walk away. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. When he created Adam and Eve, he created him to be in fellowship with God and with one another. And so he creates Eve. He says, I will make him a helper suitable for him. And then in the book of the Psalms, he says, God sets the lonely in families. The church is the family of God. We cannot flee from him. In Psalm 139, it says, Where can I go to get away from God's Spirit? Where can I flee from God's presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there, God. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. 
if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. It's not just God is there with us, but he's there to hold us up and support us. You see, Adam and Eve had that intimate relationship with their creator God. They walked and talked with him in the Garden of Eve. But when they sinned, they lost that closeness. And so God made a promise to the people throughout the centuries. And we read that this morning in the book of Isaiah. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call him Emmanuel. I can imagine when Isaiah said that to the people, they must have thought, a virgin? How could a virgin have a child? But we see that fulfillment in the birth of Jesus. We read it in Matthew. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. What was lost in that Garden of Eden was restored in the birth of Jesus. And God said, because of that, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And finally, we celebrate because God is for you. God is not against you. God is not out to get even with you. He's not there to make you miserable. Often, the people of the world and people outside the church think that somehow or another God is there to watch them and when they do something wrong, to punish them. Oftentimes the world likes to put down other people through criticism, through hateful comments. I shared with you that one of my favorite passages was that John 3.16. But I think the next verse in John is just as important. John 3.17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. In 16, it says, He loved us so much that He sent Jesus, but not to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. God is on our side. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you a purpose. He wants to give you a, a meaning. He wants you to go out into the world and live your faith each and every day. Then how do we respond? Because we live out in the world more than we live here in church. How do we respond to a world that is out to get us? St. Paul said, what then shall we say in response? To all those negative things. If God is for us, who can be against us? No matter who you are, 
no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, the good news of Christmas is for you. God sent his son out of love to be with you, to support you, to help you each and every day. And that's worth celebrating. I invite you to party with me this Wednesday <laughs> and Thursday. Amen? amen? On that amen, I'm going to expect all of you here. <laughs> now may the peace of God which passes all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.